You're listening to Talking Tricks, the home of amazing stories from magic, circus, variety, and comedy performers. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Kane and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice, two magicians coming to you from a desert island. Well... Cos. We're on the Isle of Cos uh, for some gigs this week. And this got us thinking, what would happen if we took some of our favourite guests from the past year of Talking Tricks podcast and washed them up on a desert island and gave them just one dessert for the rest of their lives? A dessert island dish, so, so to speak. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those in between, welcome to Dessert Island Dishes. So, hello, welcome to the show. Now, we said from the very get-go of this podcast, we wanted to give you as much diversity as possible, which is why you've had interviews with magicians, wrestlers, jugglers, street performers, musicians, comedians, and there's a hand up in front of me, but ironically, no dancers. But ironically, no dancers. We've also previewed WrestleMania. We've also previewed Glastonbury and other festivals and all sorts of things. And this week, for a little bit of fun, we have contacted uh, a lot of our previous guests and asked them if they were washed up on a desert island, what would be the one dessert that they would have to get them through their existence alone on an island? And for those of you that don't know, uh, this voice is, is a Lawrence Abel. The other voice you'll be hearing today is Ed Kane. Now, Ed Kane, in his previous life, before Magic was our full-time job, was a chef. But not just that, TV stardom, Kane. Now, I know you don't like to talk about it a lot, but tell us about your glittering, catering television career. I once ate a tiramisu with Heston Blumenthal. Go on! (laughs) That's it. It's on YouTube. If you want to find it, find it. Um, I'm not going to give you the address www.youtube forward slash hx1475y2px. I worked on a TV program all about pies with Heston Blumenthal. It just involved a day of eating pies with Heston Blumenthal. It was on TV. The only real part of my face, mainly on the TV, was me eating a tiramisu up in the sky with Heston Blumenthal. We were 50 foot in the air. Is a tiramisu a pie, or why? what role was this playing in Heston's big pie-off, or whatever it was called? Yeah, it was called something like that. It was, I think, I don't think it was In Search for Perfection. I think that was the first one he did. It was, the series was all about great British food, and this one was all about pies. And you basically had um, a load of people, and they experienced a whole meal of pies... And the final one was all these people went into an old school pie and mash shop, all right, with like, you know, tiles on the wall and stuff like that. And I can't remember if if they got served the pies first. Maybe they got served the pies first. And then the walls fell down from the pie and mash shop and your seats all lifted up into the air and you lifted 50 foot into the air and you were floating in the air, which I don't really know why. I can't remember what the point of that was. Heston will probably tell you. Um, And then they were served a plate of what looked like pie and mash, old school pie and mash, with liquor. 
Um, but then when you ate it, it was actually a, a tiramisu. I see. So wacky, a wacky Heston Blumenthal invention. It was a wacky Heston Blumenthal invention. But they all are. You know, he doesn't do anything normal. Now, I'm going to ask you a question whenever any chef is mentioned on this podcast. And that question is um, Heston Blumenthal, chef or charlatan? A chef, I suppose. Yes, he's certainly not a charlatan. Okay, great. Now, we are going... that is the end of that answer to that question. (laughs) Absolutely. So, as I said, we are on a desert island now. We've got some of our favourite guests. We're on the island. We're on the island. I thought they were on the island on their own. They are on individual islands adjacent to ours. Right, very good. It's like Copperfield's band of islands. Okay. You'll cut this bit out, will you? Nope. (laughs) This is dead air. None None of this is getting cut out. And our first guest washed up on our dessert island to give us his dessert island dish is our first ever guest on Talking Tricks, star of the illusionist, opened on the West End this weekend, Paul DeBeck. It went well, I hear. The first show was good. Certainly, we're going to go see it. When are we going to see it? A week today. A week today. I'm very much looking forward to it. It'll be fun. I'll probably have an ice cream at half time. Gelato, that's what I'm looking forward to. If you were washed up on a desert island with uh, ice cream, would that be your dessert? What would my... Would it be ice cream? Would it be ice cream? Yeah, why not? Fuck it. <laughs> and as desserts go, Come ice on, cream, chef or charlatan. Get, get on with Paul DeBeck's bit. So Paul DeBeck has given us two desserts. And I'm we- going to click my pen every time you get too boring, and then you'll have to cut it out. I'm not cutting any of it out. We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> So, Paul DeBeck, obviously now he's a big West End star, has given us two desserts. So, he's washed up on a desert island. Classic Paul DeBeck. The only dessert that he wants for the rest of his life is either a chocolate torte or a key lime pie. Okay. Now, what do you want me to do? So, what's going to happen now is <laughs> this is Kane's Cookalog Live. So, Kane is going to tell you how to make these desserts. So, I know, no. I know Paul DeBeck is, no. Paul DeBeck is listening. He's read this. Yep. You want me to part with all my recipes? Yeah, you don't need them anymore. I suppose I don't. Okay. I've got a good recipe for a chocolate torte. Let's have it. Okay. So, hi, Paul. Thanks for writing in. I hear you want a recipe for a chocolate torte. This is quite exciting. I've, I've, I've actually cooked for Paul DeBeck before. He came to one of my restaurants um, when I was working in a restaurant in Shrewsbury. He had a pot noodle. Did he? Yeah. Did he have a dessert? I'm not sure if he did. Something from the naughty table, perhaps? Yeah, well, that was the restaurant, yeah. It would have been something from the naughty table. But I can remember thinking it was quite nice that he came in. And then, obviously, I've eaten with Paul a lot. But anyway, Paul, thanks for writing in. Here's a recipe for a chocolate talk. Um, pastry base, I'd imagine. Um... You can probably find one of those online, but I'll give you a basic recipe anyway. But I'm pretty sure Paul DeBeck knows his way around a pastry case. Um, But basically, half fat to flour. So let's say 250 grams of flour. Sieve it to get all the little bugs out. Um, Certainly if you're vegan. But if you're vegan, you can't do this anyway, because the next ingredient is 125 grams of butter. Okay. Um, I, for this, because it's chocolate, I would actually use salted butter. Um, but the squares would probably tell you not to use salted butter. But I think if you're going to have a chocolate tart, you could put, use salted butter, it'd be quite nice, actually. Um, a little bit of sugar. I'd probably only put about 50 grams in. 
icing sugar. Give that a mix. Give it a whiz if you've got a food processor. This would be perfect until it goes almost like sandy like breadcrumbs. Um, if you wanted to, you could put a little bit of cocoa powder in instead of some of the flour. If you wanted a dark base, I would personally keep it au naturale for this bit. Um, and then you want to add an egg. One egg, chuck it in, and a little bit of water or milk. What I usually do is fill up the shells of the egg with water, and that's the amount of water you'll need. But it's probably about a tablespoon if you're American. I know he's been to America, hasn't he? So he probably, do you want this in cups, Paul? It's half a cup of butter and um, a, a tablespoon of water. And they would probably say like a tablespoon of egg as well. And they probably get their egg out of cartons in America as well. He is based in the United Kingdom until September. Is he? Yeah. All right, so it's 125 grams of butter, Paul. Um, so that's, that's your pastry. I'm sure Paul DeBeck knows how to make pastry. Mix it all together, give it a good knead, rest it in the fridge, very important, um, or it'll shrink when you come to cook it. Roll it out, put it in your hooray, Johnny. Put a bit of paper in there, a cartouche. Greaseproof paper? A bit of greaseproof paper. Scrunch it up in your hand first and then it will become more pliable. Alright? Put that into your thing. Put a load of beans or rice or something heavy in there and then stick that in the oven about 180 degrees. What you're doing there is blind baking. That's called blind baking basically, which isn't baking with your eyes shut. Oh, let's say 20, 25 minutes. And then take all the beans and the paper out and give it another five minutes to dry out in the oven. What you can do is turn the oven off at that point and let it dry out. And ideally, you do that the day before as well. All right. Now, chocolate tart or tart. 18 ounces of dark chocolate. All right. Proper chocolate. Paul, like myself, he likes to do things all out. You know, we like our alcohol strong and our he doesn't drink coffee, but I like my coffee strong. And chocolate strong. Get some real strong chocolate. 75% minimum. Green and blacks. Is, is, is that a good one? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> is it a good one? <laughs> I'm <laughs> clicking my pen at you. Bordeville. Melt your chocolate. Is it Bordeville chocolate? Just good quality chocolate. Plain, like, dark chocolate. A strong percentage. All right. I'm pretty sure everyone would have turned off this episode now, do you think? No, I think, they're, I think they're there with their chef's hats on. I think they've got their chef's hats on. Needing their ply-based desserts. All right, so chocolate or Anyway, I'll do this a lot quicker. Four ingredients, Paul. Very easy for you. Dark chocolate, 18 ounces. Three eggs. Seven fluid ounces of milk. Twelve fluid ounces of double cream. All right? Melt the chocolate using your favourite method, which for Paul, I'd imagine, is in a microwave. Basically put the chocolate in a bowl and sit it on top of a pan of simmering water so the bowl's not in the water and that'll just melt the chocolate don't mix it wait until it's melted all right don't get a little eager beaver and start mixing it or you'll end up with lumps okay we don't want lumps darling so just melt your chocolate and then bring the milk and the cream to the boil okay just just up don't let it boil don't burn it beat your eggs Pour your milk and your cream onto your eggs, continue to beat that, and then pass that through a sieve onto the chocolate, okay? Mix it all together. So, just to recap, <laughs> um, I should have tried to get as many Paul Beck jokes into this recipe as possible. Beat the eggs, 
pour on the milk and the cream. Pour all of that onto the chocolate. Pour it into your pastry case. Oven, gas mark four, preheated, okay? Put it into the oven, turn the oven off, shut the door, go away for 50 minutes. And that's it. Job done. You've got yourself a chocolate tort. You've got yourself a chocolate tort. Fantastic. Coming up on dessert. Uh, ring me up if you get into any trouble, Paul, yeah? And your number is? <laughs> that is my real number. Oh, now we'll find out if anyone actually listens to this bloody podcast. Any problems with any of these recipes, please feel free to call Ed Kane on that number. Coming up, washed up on our dessert island is Ben Hart, Steve Della, Charlie Caper, Ava Bow, Maggie Fane, Magic, Sam, Neil Kelso... Elliot, Bibby, Magic and... Sam. Magic Sam. What? When did, when did you do one with him? And Katie Pritchard. Well, whilst you mention it, actually, when you were in... Which proves you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> when you were in New Zealand... My phone's not compatible. All phones are compatible. I've heard this from many people before. You can listen to this via iTunes, Podbean, Acast, Stitcher, and all of those apps what? are available. Stitcher. Stitcher. What's that? It's a way of listening to podcasts. And those are available in either your Google Play or your App Store. So you can listen to it. But yeah, when uh, you were in New Zealand having your post-Adelaide Fringe Festival jolly, me and Magic Sam got together and we did two podcasts. Jesus One was his life story. Right. And get some dirty stuff out of him. Yeah, he left it all over my sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also your orange sofa. Was he allowed to sit on your orange sofa? How many bit, how many sheets did he have to put down first? He did have to sit on a sheet on the sofa. Yeah, it's very expensive, nice crushed velvet orange sofa that Magic Sam's too dirty to go on. And we also did one about whether Hulk Hogan was the worst magician of all time. Right. He is. Yeah. But Magic Sam, if he's washed up on our dessert island, yeah. all he wants yeah. as his one dessert for the rest of his life is a fruit corner. A fruit corner. Yeah. <laughs> he could have any dessert he wanted. Anything he wants. He's on a desert island. That's just an example of how low his self-esteem is, isn't it? I am... Yes. I also imagine... Oh, no, I don't want to cause too much harm. No, I'll have a fruit corner. Has he even specified what type of fruit corner he wants? Yes, he has. He has said cherry or apricot. Again, doesn't want to be... So he hasn't specified. I don't want to cause... I don't don't want to cause any harm, you know. Whatever you've got going, I'll have. Bless his heart, pretty much. So how does Magic Sam put to... If he, you know, obviously walk down the shop is the best bet to get a Muller fruit corner. Other brands are available. Although, I think, have Muller got a uh, patent on the on that corner? I think they have. Okay. I've clicked the pen. Go on, then. The other good thing about a fruit corner is that you can make it into a, um, a scary witch at Halloween time. <laughs> you can. <laughs> do you remember doing that on Blue Peter? I do, yeah. yeah it's my favourite ever episode. I could tell Sam how to make yoghurt. Do it quickly. It's quick, a, mo- a money-saving life hack. Do it quicker than the tort. Okay, get a little bit of yoghurt, Sam. A little bit of live yoghurt. So let's say, oh no, Sam goes into the, into the fridge. There's only enough yoghurt for one mouth. Ugh, there's four mouths in his, in his house. Sometimes five. Um, this is how you make yoghurt, Sam, if you're interested in making yoghurt. Get some milk. Bring it up to the, not to the boil. So you want to bring it to about 95 degrees centigrade if you've got a thermometer, which I'd imagine he probably has. I think he probably does, yeah. Yeah, so bring it up to 95 degrees centigrade and then you need to cool it down. So 
get it into a, a bowl or anything else really um, and then let that come down to about 45 degrees centigrade somewhere between there all right and when it gets to that temperature add a couple of tablespoons of live yogurt all right so all that is going to do is the live cultures in that yogurt is then going to turn this milk did i ever say milk yeah yeah um it's going to turn this milk into yogurt basically and that's it that's all you need to do you then pour that into like a sterilized kilner jar or like a a, a jar of some description. Now this next bit, this is where Sam might actually slip up. Will one of Sam's old baby milk bottles do? Well, he's probably going to want to make more. Right. He's making a big volume, okay. isn't he? You know, this, this is going to be enough yogurt for the whole family for the week. All right, he's probably got about one and a half litres of milk here. He's boiled that up. He's added two tablespoons of yogurt and he's magically going to turn two tablespoons of yogurt into one and a half litres of yogurt. All right, um, so you've added the yogurt, it's about 45 degrees. You've sterilized a big kilner jar just by pouring boring water into it and chucking it back out. Pour the milk into the jar, put the lid on. This bit is where Sam might slip up because what you now need to do is turn the radiators on. Pop the heater on, which I know in June is madness, um, but you'd probably want to do this in winter. Put the jar on the radiator, go to bed, wake up 10 hours later, you'll have yogurt. Incredible. That's it. And actually, if you if you do want to do it in the summer, what you can do is just pour the milk into a thermos, a thermos, <laughs> thermos, a hot water bottle, a hot water bottle, <laughs> something that's going to retain the heat, but make sure you fill it up right to the top and screw the lid on. And then you'll have yoghurt. And for his cherry or apricot uh, fruit corner, one third sugar to fruit. Bring it up, bring it up to the boil, let it simmer for, you know, a good half hour, something like that. You'll have some kind of a compote. Yeah, there you go. That'll be a nice fruit corner, actually. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy that, Sam, from, with love from Ed Kane. I think out of all these people, Sam is probably the one that will have a go at, at doing that. Well, you say that, but you don't know what um, star of Britain's Got Talent, third place in Britain's Got Talent this year, Ben Hart has said, we've washed him up on a desert island. And Ben's first question back to me was, do I still have lactose intolerance? On oh this yeah, island? that's the thing. <laughs> because um, what, knowing what I know about Ben is that unless his answer is a fruit salad, <laughs> it's going to be a very messy island. It's going to be a messy item. So I hope we're not giving too much away about uh, Ben Hart. Hold the front page at the Daily Mail. Uh, Britain's Got Talent star Ben Hart's lactose shame. So Ben Hart has lactose intolerance. However, on this mystical, magical desert island, he doesn't care. And his dessert that he would like to have every single day on this island, Ed Kane, is a frozen blackcurrant cheesecake. Is that really what his, his thing is? That's what he'd like. I must say I'm a bit disappointed at Ben for that. I thought he wanted something a bit classier. A frozen cheesecake. I've got some good recipes for cheesecakes though, I must admit. And they can be frozen? Not really, but they can be really cold. But I, I don't... What is a frozen blackcurrant cheesecake? Do you buy it out of the freezer and then you defrost it and you eat it? Or you eat it frozen? You can't eat a cheesecake frozen, it's not a cheesecake. It's a parfait. 
I've got a great recipe for a parfait. What, parfait has not been requested. He wants a cheesecake. Yeah, so what happens, Kane, for people that go to the supermarket, like myself and yeah. Ben Hart, men of the people, is in the frozen aisle. You I can reckon get, he gets his delivered. You can get a cheesecake <laughs> and, yeah, you defrost it and chop it up and, and there you go. And the black currant is his favourite. Yeah. They've got them in all the supermarkets from Asda up to Waitrose. Mm. And uh, that's what Ben Hart would like to eat on his dessert island for the rest of his life. How's he make one? I can give you a recipe for a cheesecake. So, 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 you know, technically there's two types of cheesecake and frozen isn't one of those things. <laughs> you can either have a baked cheesecake or a, like a set cheesecake. Um, personally, I do probably prefer a baked cheesecake. Um, anyone listening, Rick Stein's recipe for a, a baked lemon cheesecake is the best. And there's no fish in it, which is strange for Rick, isn't it? My friend Rick. Surely it's got loads of booze in it, Dear though. Roger. And dog no, hairs. No, not, no, uh, well, first of all, Rick's is, is dog is famously dead. <laughs> and secondly, Keith Floyd was the one that drank all the alcohol. Rick's not that much of a booze hand. But he was good friends with uh, Keith Floyd. Um, and whilst you get your recipe up, Rick Stein, chef or charlatan? <sighs> I think chef. I think I, I, I would go chef. Yeah. I once sold him some cheese. And Did I tell you that? And he sold you a book. Yeah, two different transactions. I've met Rick Stein twice, technically. His son's a chef, so I suppose, yeah, you know. Family business, all that malarkey. The cheese that you sold him, is that the kind of cheese that you might use for a no. blackcurrant cheesecake? No, it was a proper bit of stinking French brie. Um, and it was probably... I, I gave him a bit of a discount for the trade, I must admit. You know, he went... I went, do you want the whole bit? He went, he went oh, can I have a bit of brie, please? I went, do you want the whole bit? And he went, oh, well, how much is it? And I went, uh, five quid to you, Rick. And he went, oh. Gave me a five of that off he tried. I don't think he wanted to get spotted. No. It was at um, Chiswick Market. The paparazzo up there, famously. Well, no, more that, you, you know, you get a lot of people down Chiswick that like to go, oh, look, there's my friend Rick. And they like to come over and talk to him. And really, he just wants to come, buy his cheese and his wine and his bread and go back home. That's the end of that story. Right. <laughs> what cheese do you have mm. in a cheesecake before? Is there cheese in the cheesecake? Yeah, cream cheese. Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Yeah, so like mas- mascarpone and cream cheese, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is quite a easy recipe. Ben. Hi, Ben. Thanks for uh, writing in. And this, now that I'm reading it, I think I've probably scaled it up or down. I don't think this is the original recipe okay um this probably originally made about four cheesecakes i would imagine but i have scaled it down to one just now for you ben so 625 milliliters of whipping cream go and get that ben let me know when you've got that and i'll give you the next ingredient i reckon whipping cream is one of the items ben always has in his house 625 grams of cream cheese so that's equal quantities cream to cream cheese. 62 grams of icing sugar. So that's where I think I've, there's something's gone on there, isn't it? Um, five ounces of white chocolate. 
I'm going out now and putting a bit of white chocolate in this for Ben. And five leaves of gelatin. Bronze leaf gelatin. Uh, now, I know Ben doesn't eat meat, but I think that's another stomach issue rather than a moral issue. He doesn't eat meat or dairy, so this is a very good recipe for him. But he's on this desert island, he's throwing caution to the wind. Maybe he, this is, is this death by cheesecake? Is that what Ben's going for on the desert island? Maybe. What did he want? Like a black currant? Yes. Black currant cheesecake. Yeah. All right. Get a bit of black currant jam, Ben, as well. And a lemon. All right. So, first job. Mix together the cream, the cheese, and the sugar until thick. So you basically want to whisk that until it's pretty much the consistency that you want it to be. All right? Yeah? You're slacking down the cream cheese. And then reduce the lemon juice. You know that lemon I told you to go get bed? Get that lemon. Reduce that down with your jam. You're just going to heat the two up, really, and perhaps reduce the lemon juice down by half. Add the gelatin to that. Have you ever used gelatin before, Ben? What's that? No, he hasn't. Okay, so you get the gelatin. It'll tell you how to do this on the packet. Soak it in water until it goes pliable. And then squeeze all the water out of it. Put the gelatin into the, the jammy lemon mixture. And that's just going to dissolve the gelatin. Add all of that to the cheesecake mixture. And then slowly at the very end, you're going to add the five ounces of white chocolate which you've melted the same way as Paul Debeck did when he made his tort. Okay? And you want a spatula at this point. Don't use a whisk, you'll fuck it up. And that's it. Pour it into your cheesecake. Case. On top of your base. I ain't got time to tell him how to make a base. Eat butter and biscuits, basically, Ben. Get your favourite type of biscuits, whiz them up in a food processor, add melted butter until it's you know, until it takes on some of the butter and then press that into the case, stick that in the fridge, let that set hard and then pour your cheesecake mixture on. And, you know, anything that Kane can't be bothered to explain, I'm sure will be in Mary Berry's book that everyone's got around. Mary Berry, chef, charlatan. Jeff, I like Mary. She was hardworking in her day, back in the day, when she was a young kid. Yeah, I think she deserves all the uh, success she's got. Well, talking of ladies... We've washed a, f- a lady up on the desert island now. Goodness. One of my favourite female magicians who will be performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival mm. with tales of Poe, magic tricks and storytelling based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe, a fantastic show, uh, part of the PBH Free Fringe. Free to get in, not free to leave. Give Ava some money on the way out. Ava Bow is washed up on our desert island and she, Kane, would like a sticky toffee pudding. Right, hang on. I have got a good recipe for a sticky toffee pudding. Uh, <clears throat> now, the, the funny thing I used to do, sometimes in restaurants, people would come in and ask you for recipes and you'd be like, no chance. But occasionally, like, important people would come in and the boss would be like, you've got to give them the recipe. So what I would do is I would scale the recipe up so that it would make, like, a ginormous amount Um and that's what I'm going to do here. So I'm going to give Ava Bow a recipe which will make a huge amount of sticky toffee puddings. 
enough that she could serve sticky toffee pudding before or after her Edinburgh Fringe shows for the full run. I'm sure she's doing like, I don't know, 17 shows or something like that. So Ava, get ready. Here's your sticky toffee pudding for our cook-along live with Ed Kane as part of Dessert Island Dishes on Talking Tricks. One and a half pounds of chopped dates. Dates! Yeah, you always put dates in the sticky toffee pudding. Yeah, you do. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three tablespoons of bicarbonate of soda. One vanilla pod. One and a half pints of water. Stroke coffee. If you want to make coffee here, you can use coffee. It's, It's quite nice. But I'll give you the recipe with water. 12 ounces of butter, one pound and two ounces of brown sugar, 12 eggs, one and a half pounds of self-raising flour. That's the recipe. Work it out for yourself. Mix it all up, make little squares, stick it in the oven. Basically, bring the dates up to the boil in the water, then add the bicarbonate. Leave that to the side to let it soak in. Cream together the butter and the sugar. Add the eggs. The eggs are your main raising agent, so you have to be careful from now on that you don't knock all the air out of it. Um, And then you add a spoon of the flour and a spoon of the dates. A spoon of the flour, a spoon of the dates. If you added all the flour at once, you'd knock all the air out. If you added all the dates at once, you'd knock all the air out. So you add a spoon of each one at a time. Um, Ideally, you've got like a KitchenAid or a big mixing jobby here. I'd imagine she's doing it by hand. She's going to have big arms when we see her. Um, And then bake that in the oven. They will probably take um, somewhere between 45 minutes to three and a half hours at 180 (laughs) degrees centigrade. Fantastic. Depending on what, like, dishes. It's hard. I don't know what dishes they've got. I don't know what these people have got in their homes. They haven't got homes. They're on a desert island. Yeah, but they're making it themselves now, aren't they? To take to the desert island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And very quickly, I'd better give you the recipe for the sauce because it's very easy. And um, Paul or Debeck will like this one because I'll give it you in cups. (laughs) Four ingredients. Okay, so whilst that's baking in the oven, Ava, um, thanks for writing in, by the way. Get four ingredients, equal quantities of all four. Butter, sugar, golden syrup, cream. So like a mug of each. Paul, a mug of each. Put the first three ingredients, the golden syrup, butter and the sugar, into a pan. Bring it up to the boil. Let that boil for about 10 to 15 minutes. And then add a mug of cream, like proper cream, heavy cream, double cream, you know. Bring that back to the boil, turn it off, job done. Pour that over the top. Superb. And that's sticky toffee pudding. Classically, you should always serve it with clotted cream as well. If anyone ever gave me a sticky toffee pudding with, with custard or ice cream... I would slap them in the face. You'd resort to physical violence? I would, yeah. Um, because it's, it's too much sweet on sweet. You need something that's going to cut through it. So, yeah, classically, clotted cream. Get, get, get yourself down to Waitrose. Get yourself some clotted cream. Well, now, something strange has happened here, Kane, because we've washed two magicians up on separate desert islands, and the dessert that they've chosen to have on these desert islands are the exact same dessert. Well, that's good because that saves us some time. It, it does save us some time. So, obviously, the first ever magician to win a Got's Talent series, Sweden's Got Talent. 
Charlie Caper. Ah, he, now he has got a sweet tooth. Mm. Yeah, famous for it. And then also, I believe, Britain's most awarded magician, Steve Della. Yeah. Separate islands. Yeah. But the dessert that they would like... I think those two would get on. Yeah. Yeah. The dessert that they would like is a creme brulee. Now, before we find mm. out about this creme brulee and how to make a creme brulee... Now, this is exciting because I know, obviously, the listener will have to go out and get a blowtorch if they haven't got one already. Goodness, this is exciting. Half an hour through and finally some pyromania. But, Kane, here's my question. Creme brulee, British dessert or French dessert? Is that a serious question? It is because on Come Dine With Me, when I was watching it the other day... There was a woman and she goes, I'm doing an all British menu. And she like puts everything together and she goes, and um, for my dessert, I'm doing a creme brulee, which is actually a British dessert. And then the voiceover man said, when he went down and said what she was said, he's like, she's having this, this, and for dessert, that of course, the very British creme brulee. <laughs> so is it, put this to bed, Cade, British or French? It's French. It is French. Obviously, it's French. Okay. Creme brulee. Brulee cream. Burnt cream. So, apart from a blowtorch, what do people need to make Charlie Caper and Steve Della's creme brulee? Right, boys. This is a difficult one. Okay? It sounds easy, but um, they're difficult. But these are two magicians um, that are very good, very high standards. And if there's... Any person, any two people that I've got full faith could make a creme brulee. These are two of them. And I know for a fact Charlie Caper can make scrambled eggs because I spoke to him about it the last time I saw him. So um, what you're basically doing here, Charlie, is not making scrambled (laughs) eggs. Avoid scrambled eggs. That's what we're avoiding here. Um, Get yourself some ramekins. Decent ramekins. And ingredients... This will make quite a lot as well, but I can't be bothered to scale it down for these people. 28 fluid ounces of cream. 7 fluid ounces of milk. 8 egg yolks. 6 tablespoons of sugar. 1 vanilla pod. I wish I'd done my chocolate torte for Paul DeBeck in the style of Moira Stewart now. I don't know, you would have turned it off. <laughs> would have turned off immediately. Mix it all together. So... You, you, you don't heat up the milk and the cream. So forget about what we did before when we were making custard, basically. Mix all of that together. And then th- there's two ways two ways you can cook your creme brulee, either in the oven or on top of the oven. I prefer in the oven. So you want your oven on about gas mark four. Okay? And pour your mixture into your ramekins. If we're on an electric oven, what would that be, Kane? Still gas back for. If we were on a gas <laughs> oven, what would that be? Gas back for. What, you know when sometimes you have, like, the big, long uh, temperatures? 150 degrees. Thank you. <laughs> um, so get a big tray, quite a deep tray. Put all your ramekins in it. Pour your mixture into the ramekins. It, that's my watch telling us it's five o'clock. Yeah. Um... As opposed to pouring them into the ramekins and then putting them into the tray. Now you go over to the oven. I'm going to save yourselves a bit of mess here, boys. You go over to the oven with the tray full of the ramekins, with the mixture in the ramekins, and then get a jug of water 
and pour the water into the tray, not into the ramekins. All right, what we're basically creating is a water bath to cook our creme brulees in. And you're going to pour the water so it comes about halfway up the ramekin. Shut the door, push them in the oven, about 45 minutes. It'll still have a bit of a wobble on as you pull it out, but then after 45 minutes, pull it out and let them cool down in the water. That's how you make a creme brulee. When does the <clears> burning <throat> happen? Right at the end. Um, I do recommend going and getting a blowtorch. In the 70s, people used to put them under a grill or a salamander to give it its technical term. He used to play out front for Norwich for a few seasons, didn't he? I thought he did quite well, actually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, just sprinkle some sugar on the top. Burn it a little bit with your blowtorch. Only a little bit of sugar. Burn it a little bit with your blowtorch, almost till it's sort of melted but not burnt. And then sprinkle a bit more sugar on. That's my top tip for creme brulees. Don't just chuck a load of sugar on and start going because you'll end up with really black burnt bits and bits that haven't even sort of melted yet. So put a tiny little bit of sugar on. Burn that. Then put a bit more. Burn that. And you can keep doing that as much as you like to get a real nice golden brown crust. Don't put salt on it. Putting salt on a creme brulee, I've discovered after my many years in kitchens, is the funniest thing that another chef can do. What happens? Well, you know, they just get, like, the absolute piss taken out of them. But, like, it's... But it happens a lot, you know, with, you know, idiots. Oh, look, this looks like sugar. And it's on the pastry section, so it must be sugar. Then it's actually salt, and then they burn the salt. But the salt will never burn, that's a thing. So this will only ever happen... If someone will go, oh, well, that'll do. Oh, there's something wrong with the sugar. Salt. Well, it's not like chefs take the mick out of people. Well, now, coming up, because we are rapidly running out of time here, we are going to find out what Maggie Fain, Neil Kelso, Elliot Bibby, and musical comedian of the year, Katie Pritchard, would like if washed up on a dessert island. Uh, We're not going to get full recipes for these guys. What we'll, in fact, get is just some top tips to think of when creating these. Um, But before we do that, I've got two Two questions for, for Ed Kane. Well, one question, two people to poise at him. Number one, a particular food programme that I very much enjoy is Swear Word That's Delicious by Action Bronson, chef or charlatan. He's a, he's a charlatan. I no. think he's a charlatan, isn't no. he? No. He used to work in the kitchen, did he? Yeah. He does it anymore, though, does he? No. I suppose that makes me a charlatan. No, he's a chef. Yeah. A chef's a way of life. You never stop being a chef. Once, if you're truly a chef, yeah. And my favourite TV catering personality of all time, Anthony Bourdain. He's a chef. Yes. Yeah, proper chef. Oh, I loved Anthony Bourdain. I was really sad about Bourdain. It's just over a year ago that we lost Anthony Bourdain to the great kitchen in the sky. Yeah. Mm. We don't. We don't want to get too in depth about stuff like that, do we? But it's, we- um, it's a tough industry. Hence, why some people get out of it but there's lots of fun stuff when you work in a kitchen all the fun stuff you can imagine <laughs> like putting salt on creme brulees <laughs> it's just around you as much as you like you can have as much sugar as you like all day long yeah. early in the morning if you like 
Anthony Bourdain. This podcast is for you. Well, as I said, we are rapidly running out of time here, so we've washed up a few more of our favourite guests on our dessert island. We would encourage you to go back and listen to all the episodes with everyone that you've heard about so far. Ben Hart, Steve Della, Paul DeBeck, Charlie Caper, Magic Sam, Ava Bow. All fantastic episodes, but a few more coming up for you. Very quickly, we will say Elliot Bibby washed up on our dessert island would like a chocolate fudge cake. The lovely Neil Kelso washed up on our dessert island. He would have bread and butter pudding every day. How tasty. Maggie Fain would like a lemon tart. And finally, Katie Pritchard would be washed up with a lemon meringue pie. Ed Kane, thinking about those desserts, any top tips, advice or anything for our uh, former guests washed up on their dessert islands? To keep this brief, Bibby, I'll just buy you a a chocolate fudge cake. Okay, that's easy. Um, Neil, lovely Neil, having a bread and butter pudding. Now, Neil, the easiest way to make bread and butter pudding, it is a relatively easy dessert to make, but I have got one top tip. Um, But the interesting thing about it, Neil, if you buddy up with either Charlie Caper or Steve Della, and when they're making their creme brulee mixture, you ask them to make double you can actually use that same mixture, that same custard, to make your bread and butter pudding. Um, I personally always prefer to use brioche when making my bread and butter pudding. Slice your brioche, butter it anyway, even though it is a buttery bread. Butter it, I like to slice it in triangles, but that's just because, you know, I'm a bit classy. But to be honest, I think Neil would probably like his sliced in triangles as well. Put it in your dish, make it look all nice and pretty and then pour the custard over the top, all right? Um, You want it to really cover and the bread will actually start to float up a little bit. Leave it now, Neil, for a good half an hour, maybe even 40 minutes, and let the custard soak into the bread. You want to do that before you put it into the oven, okay? Um, And then stick it in the oven, uh, quite a low oven, so maybe 160 degrees centigrade, and it'll take about an hour. What else did you have? Lemon tart. Maggie Fane's lemon tart. Okay. Well, Maggie, this is easy because when Paul DeBeck's making his pastry for his tart case, get him to make two. (laughs) Get him to double it up. Um, And he can make you one as well. And you can... um, So you'll both have your two tarts. So I'd say make your cases one day. Next day, chocolate and lemon. And I will give you the recipe, Maggie, but I'm not going to give you the method, okay? And you can try work it out for yourself. So... This will probably make two lemon tarts. And I'll tell you what you can do with the second one. So actually get Paul to make three pastry cases. Sorry, Paul, you're busy now. Um, if, so times that recipe by three. So you're going to need 750 grams of flour to kick yourself off with, half the amount of butter, 150 grams of sugar, and three eggs. But that's all right, because I'm sure he bought a whole box to start with. Okay, so Paul, make three pastry cases, please. Thank you. And Maggie, you're going to make lemon tart mixture for two. So you're going to make, uh, get 510 millilitres of juice, lemon juice. And then the zest of three lemons, the zest of three limes, the zest of three oranges, 540 grams of sugar. I know that's quite a lot, isn't it? 18 egg yolks. Keep the whites. 
keep the whites separate. And 450 millilitres of double cream. Okay, basically mix it all together and pour it into the cases. Now, what you're then going to do with those egg whites, Maggie Fane, is you're going to send them to Katie Pritchard. What? Well, Katie Pritchard wants a lemon meringue pie. Yeah. A lemon meringue pie is basically a lemon tart with meringue on the top. So that's why Maggie's making two lemon tarts. And she's going to... It's probably easier if Katie actually comes to you, Bags, rather than uh, you send it to her. So, Pritchy, get yourself round to Maggie Fane's house. I don't think you've met before, but maybe I'll come with you. Um... And you're going to make a meringue and put it on top of one of the tarts. I would suggest a Italian meringue. Do you know the difference between an Italian and a Swiss meringue, Lawrence? Uh, nope. So <laughs> trying to do a joke, but I can't even think of a joke. No. Do you want me to write one for you? That's yeah, how it normally works, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a a Swiss meringue is like a, a classic meringue that you you make in in the oven. So you would get egg whites and sugar and you whisk them together until they get real stiff peaks. And then you dry that out in a really low oven, the lowest you can possibly get. An Italian meringue, what you actually do is you make a syrup out of your sugar. Okay. And um, then you whisk your meringues, whisk your egg yolks, your egg whites, sorry, Katie, um, until they go like pale and yellow and um, white and quite stiff. And then you're going to pour on the syrup that you've made out of the sugar and continue to whisk it until it gets a real shine on it. And, and that cooks the eggs at the same time. Pipe that onto the top of the lemon tart and then go see either Steve Dell or Charlie Caper. Ask if you can buy their blowtorch <laughs> and you just blowtorch the top of that meringue. Job done. And there we go. There we go. Well, I can picture... That's so many recipes. I could write a book. Or a book, as I should probably thank David Spencer. Most of those recipes came from him. Well, wow, thank and you. And he would have said book. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, David Spencer, for your recipes. Thank you, Ben Hart, Steve Della, Ava Bow, Maggie Faye, Magic Sam, Neil Kelso, Elliot Bibby, Katie Pritchard, Paul DeBeck and Charlie Caper for sending through your dessert island dishes. Um, we'll be back to a regular formatting of, uh, you know, one-on-one interviews, but we will also be previewing a few festivals that are coming up. Uh, that's all coming up and more on Talking Tricks. But thank you ever so much. That was Dessert Island Dishes, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening to Talking Tricks with Cade and Abel. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast.